No, good morning to you. If you're visiting with us this morning and it's your first time here, welcome. It's great to have you here. Uh, we're glad that you could be with us. We trust that you will feel at home, feel welcome, um, and that the people sitting around you do their best job to help you feel that way. If you're a regular, it's always good to have you here with us. This morning I'm excited about the, <clears throat> the topic of this morning's message. It's a message that's been lying in my notes for, for quite a while, couple, you know, a couple months now, and I've, I've been nervous to do it. I've been very nervous to do it because of the title of the message. Um, so I'm going to just jump straight into it and pray for, for or just ask for forgiveness afterwards. You know that old saying. All right, so this morning, the title of my message is Sex, Drugs, and Rock and Roll. Is that Okay. I'm not even joking. That's the title of the message this morning. <clears throat> All right. So as I've said that, it's triggered something off inside of you. Possibly you're sitting there going, it's church. We shouldn't have titles like that. Uh, secondly, you're thinking, last week we said there are three things you don't talk about in church. Sex, money, and raising children. You spoke about money last week. Now you're talking about sex. Are we doing child rearing next week? We're not. But we are going to be dealing with this today. Uh, but something that may have been triggered inside of you this morning is the fact that we all have a past. Isn't that the truth? Um, we all have a history. We all have a background. And for some of us, it was sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Um, for some of us, you may have grown up in a good Christian home, raised by good parents, and, and, and really discovered a relationship with God early on. And sometimes you even feel like because of that, it hinders you from really being able to reach out to people, like you need a bigger story or something along those lines. And I want to say to you that, that if you fall into the bracket where you don't have some big messy story, and from there you came to Christ, I commend you. I do, I commend you. Uh, you see, the truth be told, you've bypassed a lot of headache. You've bypassed a lot of heartache. And finding Christ early on in life is probably one of the greatest things that can happen to any of us. So well done. For those of us who, who uh, how can I say this, made a detour along the way. You know, maybe your life was all about chasing after sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Maybe, maybe it wasn't all three of them. Maybe it was just one of them. Maybe it was two of them. Maybe it was one of them so frequently that you're not actually 100% sure what really happened along those times. And answer most questions today with something along the lines of, Philippe. <laughs> but either way, we, we all have a background. And I, I think that... that the truth be told, when it, when, it comes to, when it comes to the statement of sex, drugs, and rock and roll, it was kind of a statement that was thrown out there to, to describe sin somewhere along the line. Then someone took it, harnessed it, and, and used it for saying we're going to have a good time. Isn't that the truth? Uh, that, that was like the belief of the day. But here's, here's what I want to drive home today. I want to drive home the fact that I believe that God was the creator the originator of sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Now, before you shoot me down for saying that that's blasphemy, just give me a chance to preach the whole message, and then you can judge that statement. Is that okay? I believe that 
if we look at each of those individually, God's the creator. When it comes to sex, God created sex. He created it for a purpose. He created it to be pure, to be holy, to be set apart. He created it within the confines of marriage to be something beautiful. And then somewhere along the line, um, the enemy of our souls came and he distorted it dramatically. And today we have this belief that Hollywood created sex. Hollywood didn't. God did. He just created the real one. And, and somehow we stuck with this really broken picture of what that should be. Even drugs. You know, God created drugs. Now you're looking for the door. I know that. But it's true. God created drugs. Why? God created, God gave us doctors with good minds, bright men and women who developed medicine. We have some sitting in this building that could, we could use in time of illness that could bring healing. Isn't that the truth? And it's the abuse of this medicine, it's the abuse of these drugs that leads to the destruction of lives and families. When it comes to rock and roll, you know, the originator of music is God himself. This morning in prayer meeting, just this picture came to mind where, you know, the word tells us that where God is in heaven right now, there are these, there are these heavenly beings that are just circling him 24 hours a day. And as they circle him, they see a new aspect of him. And as they see a new aspect of him, all they can do is sing. And they sing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. They've been doing that for eternity, and it says they'll keep doing that for eternity. That's how awesome our God is, and, and God created music. And again, somewhere along the line, it was distorted. So as we look at the, at, 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 at an, an, an original idea of sex, sex, drugs, and rock and roll for our lives, <clears throat> Let's jump straight into it. First off, when, when we say sex, um, some of you are visiting and you're like, I don't think I've ever heard sex said so many times in church in my life. I do apologize for that, but like I said, we, we, we're going to explain it. What's the purpose of sex? What's the purpose of sex? The purpose of sex is intimacy, pleasure, and procreation. Isn't that so? Intimacy, pleasure, procreation. And this has been distorted by the devil, the enemy of your soul. He's come into life and he's distorted it. You see, the truth is he's not, a, he's not original. He, 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 he's not original in what he does. He only makes bad copies of what God does. That is a fact. And in this case, the bad copy is pushed onto us as that sex is just this physical act for procreation and pleasure that's it it's it's void of any real intimacy but yet that's not what God created it to be God created it to be pure he created it to be holy he created it to be set apart to be a safe place in the boundaries of marriage between a husband and a wife but we've been conned into seeing it through a really distorted lens of a really bad copy. When we see it for what it is, 
for what God created it to be. Pure, holy, set apart. I believe that it's in that moment that we start to really understand the depth of relationship that God desires to have with us. Not sex, but intimacy, true intimacy. While we were researching this, uh, Wagner came across an article, and, and in the article it had this phrase, it said this, it said, being intimate involves the mixing of one's life with another, a mingling of the souls, a sharing of hearts. This is something we all long for because it's how God made us. We were designed to connect. You see, folks, God created us for intimacy with him. God created us to connect with him. That is our creational purpose. Now there's probably the most scary words captured in, in all of scripture is found in Matthew 7, in my opinion. I'll throw that in there. And it says this, in Matthew 7, it says this. It says, this is Jesus speaking, speaking to the people of the day. And he says this, he says, Not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do my will, sorry, who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. On judgment day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord. Why does he keep saying Lord, Lord? Back then they didn't have exclamation marks. So they, when they wanted to exclaim something, they just repeated it. So it's just really like exclaiming Lord. It's a desperate cry. Lord, Lord, we've prophesied in your name. We cast out demons in your name. We perform many miracles in your name. But I will reply, I never knew you get away from me you who breaks god's law now most of us as we read that scripture up to the part where 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 he says depart from me we probably would have hired that guy as our pastor let's be honest you know drives out demons you know prophesies performs many miracles that's the guy you want as your as your pastor not some guy who comes up with a sermon named sex drugs and rock and roll like that's the guy you want as your pastor but then jesus responds and in that moment he says he says depart from me get away from me for i never knew you and that language is very interesting. In the book of Genesis, chapter 4 and verse 1, that same, that same language, that same phrase is used where, where it says, and Adam knew his wife Eve, and she bore a son named Cain. It speaks about a depth of relationship. It speaks about an intimacy and that Jesus is essentially saying that he's looking for the same depth of relationship. But here we have someone who said, who's gone and, and done all these miraculous things, all these big things for God. And as I looked at it, it's like God just dropped into my spirit. It's just a physical act. It's just a physical act. It's what was done for God that became important. But somewhere along the line, the intimacy dwindled, died, and fell away. 
What's, what's, what's God saying here? More than doing great things for me, I desire relationship with you. More than doing these amazing things, I desire a depth of relationship with you. See, folks, this depth of relationship, this, this intimacy with God, it should be a joyous experience. It should be something that we long for. It should be something that we look forward to. Uh, when's a Friday night, worship night? Friday night? Friday night's worship night. I don't know how many of you have been to a worship night before, but it, like, I look forward to them. I do. And most folks who've been look forward to them. Why? Because it's probably one of the most incredible experiences of life. And then when you leave, you leave feeling like you've just had the most incredible time. Why? Because spending time with God should bring pleasure to our lives. Spending time with God should be a joyous thing. It should be, it should be something that I long for, that I desire to have in my life. Uh, I love the book of Psalms because every once in a while we just get to kind of peek into, uh, into David's journal, you know. We just get to kind of look at what did he write to God? What did he say to God? And, and in Psalm 51, um, we're going to read verse 6, 7, and then 10 through 12. And here's what he said. Uh, Psalm 51 verse 6 in the New King James, it says this. It says, Behold, you desire, David speaking to God, you desire truth in the inward parts and in the hidden part you will make me to know wisdom sound like intimacy right there verse 7 purify me from my sin and I will be clean wash me and I will be whiter than snow then he goes on in verse 10 to say create in me a clean heart O God and renew a loyal spirit within me do not banish me from your presence and don't take your Holy Spirit from me, but restore to me the joy of your salvation and make me willing to obey you. We said the, the, the purpose of sex is, is intimacy, pleasure and procreation. As I, as I read the words of David here, I see that pattern unfold. I see, I see in verse 6 and 7, David talking about his inwardmost parts and, and giving God access to these secret areas of his life. Talks about a, a depth of relationship because you don't do that with someone you've just met. You do that with a person that you have the closest relationship with. An intimacy, a depth of relationship. Then in, in, in verse 12, he says, restore to me the joy of my salvation. You see, God's working in our life should produce a joy. It should be pleasurable. And then verse 10, he says, create in me a clean heart, O God. Can we see that pattern? Intimacy, pleasure, creation. What is the joy? The joy is who God is, not just what he's done. 
The joy that God creates in us comes from who he is and not just from what he does in our lives. And what he creates is, I believe with all my heart, is more of him and less of us. You see, if I can live in a space where, where I'm connecting with God daily, then ultimately parts of me die away and they just disappear and, and, and more of him is inserted into my life. The other day a friend of mine, we were talking and, and we are talking about something else, but the, the analogy fits. He said, you know, if I've got a glass of Coke on the table and I take an appetizer and I pour the appetizer into the Coke, and that Coke just starts bubbling out as I'm pouring the appetizer in. After a while, it might even still be dark, but it's not going to taste like Coke. It's going to taste like appetizer. And you know, the truth is that it's the same with our relationship with God. The more I engage with Him, the more that I allow Him into my inward parts, the less I start <laughs> tasting like Ramon the more I start tasting like him. And that's what he desires. I wonder today, what's the depth of your relationship with God? What's your intimacy with God look like? Next up, drugs. A, a friend of mine, a friend of mine is, um, is in the advertising industry and and. Uh, one day we were out riding and, and we, t we stopped and waited for some guys uh, to, to catch up and we got chatting and as we got chatting he started talking about, about the industry he's in and he, he said to me, you know, within this industry, he says, I've got guys who work with me who will who'll edit. They'll go and sit in front of a computer um, with the project that we've got and they'll go and edit for three days straight without sleep. Three days straight, work flat out. 72 hours, no breaks, no sleep. So I said to him, how on earth do they get that right? And he said, Coke. And I was like, dude, I've drank plenty of Coke and that never happened to me. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. <laughs> no, he said to me, he said, man, Ramon, they live on cocaine and water, you know, and it just puts them on a buzz and and it, it sustains them. It's fuel for them for those three days. And by the time they're done, they shot. They finished. I mean, destroys their bodies, destroys their relationships, destroys their lives. But they got the project finished. And as I was thinking through the story, I just thought to myself, you know, what sustains us? What sustains you? What gets you out of, out of bed in the morning? What keeps you going? What keeps me going, you know? What fuels you? Maybe it's economic. Maybe it's your work. Maybe it's getting up in the morning knowing I'm going to work and there's a good paycheck coming at the end of the month. Maybe that's what, what gets you out of bed in the morning. Maybe that's what sustains you, what fuels you. Maybe it's your title, your position, you know, the status that, that you feel comes with it, the authority that you feel comes with it. What fuels you? Maybe it's social, you know. Maybe you're one of those folks who live for the weekend. Thank God it's Friday. You know, maybe that's you, you know. Live from social experience to social experience, and that's really what gets your blood pumping. 
What fuels you? Maybe it's intellectual. Maybe you, you like having your mind stimulated. You know, you read a lot or, or you just, um, you know, you live beyond, beyond the nothing box. Most guys just clicked in. They were like, sorry, what? I just disrupted you from your nothing box. But just living beyond the nothing box, you know, allowing your mind to be stimulated. Maybe it's being the, the most knowledgeable or the best in your field. What fuels you? Maybe it's physical. Maybe you, you're the guy who doesn't count physical exercises watching super sport. Maybe for you, you know, the, the, uh, you love playing sport. You love getting out there and getting dirty and, and just enjoy the, the, the rush of sport. Um, maybe you love going to the gym. Maybe you're one of those guys who just believes that sweat is fat crying. You know? Maybe that's you, you know, push through the pain, all that stuff. What fuels you? Now, please don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that any of these are inherently wrong. I believe with all my heart that you need a job. You need to work. You need to put food on your family's table. And I believe that good, strong relationships are healthy. You need those social elements. You know, to, to have your mind stimulated intellectually, you, you, you need to be stimulated. You know, you need to get your butt off the couch and do some exercise. Get those endorphins pumping. It's important. It is important. But there needs to be a balance. Isn't that the truth? All of these are important for a healthy, balanced lifestyle. But they all have a lifespan. Every single one of them. Your job can be taken away tomorrow. Then what fuels you? Your health can be taken away tomorrow. Then what fuels you? I want to say to you today that I believe with all my heart the only sustainable fuel in life is intimacy with God. The only sustainable fuel in life is our relationship with God. Intimacy with God should be the drug that fuels my day. In Philippians 3, verses 8 through 9, the A part, it says this, it's Paul speaking, he says, he says, yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I've discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage, so that I can gain Christ and become one with him. The very next chapter, Philippians 4 and verse 13, Paul goes on to say, he, say, he says, I can do all things, I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. He's my fuel. In Jeremiah 15, actually Psalm 54 verse 4 says this, but God is my helper. The Lord keeps me alive. Jeremiah 15, 16 says this, Your words are what sustain me. They are food for my hungry soul. 
Folks, when last did you spend time in God's word where you walk away and you've, you've been able to say that? Lord, your words sustain me. They're the fuel that I need to get through today. They bring joy to my sorrowing heart and delight me. How proud I am to bear your name, O Lord. Today, what fuels you? What gets you out of bed in the morning? What sustains you? Last point. Rock and roll. Now, some of you are going, well, there's nothing wrong there, so we're good. You know? This is the one point I finally agree with. Yeah. The truth is, I'm not going to say who likes music, because um, everyone who doesn't put their hands up is going to be embarrassed. But the truth is, we, I believe we all love music. I believe we all love music. I love music. Right? I, I've got a quite a bit of music and these days with technology I get most of my music to just play right off my phone you know on my phone headphones in wherever I am I can engage with music so there's this fantastic platform that we've been given called a playlist okay for those of you who don't know what a playlist is because I thought everyone knew what a podcast was so I'm just going to explain what a playlist is so Playlist is essentially a platform that's given to us where you can take your favorite bands, you can take your favorite songs, and you can just kind of build your own CD or cassette tape or 8-track, depending on what generation you come from. Okay, uh, there we go. <laughs> you, I have no idea what that is. Um, but you can build your own list of music and, and, and play it. It is fantastic. Now, the truth be told, if you went through my list, you'd find a bit of everything if you went through my music collection. But <clears throat> for the most part, I'm a big fan of rock. That's just, that's just me. My, my, even, even the worship that, uh, or, or the, the, the church music that I listen to, um, is, is very much rock orientated. Um, I really, really love it. So ultimately, um, I have these playlists on my phone. And I, I build these playlists and I get to choose the songs. And as I choose the songs, um, there comes a point where I feel like I've got enough songs on the playlist. And then what do I do? I hit play. And if you've got a lot to do, you put it on repeat. You just got your favorite songs playing all the time. It is wonderful. It makes me think of life. I wonder today, what's the playlist of your life? What's the playlist of your life? Let me explain. What are the songs, the heart conditions that you've chosen? When, when, when you engage with God and when you engage with people, what plays over and over and over. When you engage with God, you know, is it just shopping list of the shopping list of the shopping list of the of the shopping list? You know, Lord, I need, I want, please, Lord, they have and I don't and I need and and maybe you can be as kind to me as you are to them and and and, and Lord, I need seven of these and three of those and twenty-nine of these and and Lord, I need all these things, and I, I need, but I want, but I want, but I need, but I'm not 100% sure what's a want and what's a need. So if you can just kind of cover everything, I'll be very grateful. 
And that plays over and over and over. And then some day comes along and we wonder why we leave our time with God and there's no joy. We wonder why we, 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 we spend time with God, but we walk away feeling like nothing happened. Like there wasn't actually relationship that just happened. It, it kind of feels all dead. And then we walk away from God. <laughs> But we never engaged with him. We just played the same songs over and over and over. When we engage with people, you know, what does that sound like? You know, what are those songs that just play over and over, you know? The government sold this country down the river. You know, Malema is going to kill us all. There's no hope for my children in this country. You know, look at the fuel price. I went to go put in fuel the other day. Petrol attendant comes to me after I filled up. I say to him, dude, I didn't want to buy the petrol station. I just wanted to put in fuel. What's going on with the fuel price? Isn't that the truth? These songs just start to play over and over and over. And then here's my question. Then we walk away from these people. And what's a song that they hum when we've left them? What's, what's the tune that they're humming once we've, we've left them. Is it more like poison running through my veins? All the Alice Cooper fans are laughing. What's the song? What's the song that's, that they left with? You know, or, or when we leave people, do they, do they sing a tune, something like what we heard this morning? You know, oh, the never-ending, reckless love of God chases me down, fights till I'm found, leaves the 99. What's the tune that people hum when we've left them? Here's what I believe with all my heart. I believe that today God wants to change your playlist. I believe that God wants to change your playlist. I believe that he wants to give you a new song to sing. In Psalm 98, verse 1, it says, Sing a new song to the Lord, for he has done wonderful deeds. His right hand has won a mighty victory. His holy arm has shown his saving power. A new song. God's goodness, God's faithfulness. If you go and read that whole chapter, essentially what the psalmist is saying, because of who God is and what he's done, there's this new song that's exploding in my life that needs to come out. And if you go and read the entire chapter, at some point it's like he says, so go and grab your instruments and come and join in and celebrate the goodness of God. Let's together sing this song. And ultimately, the psalmist leaves us humming. The psalmist leaves us humming a tune. And it's humming a tune of celebration. Celebrating God's faithfulness. Celebrating God's goodness. Celebrating the joy of my salvation. The worship team's welcome to come back and help us hum.
as we've spoken through this this morning, I, I trust that you've seen that this message is far more than just sex, drugs, and rock and roll. But it, that it's really to engage with God's heart. Really to just engage with God's heart and go, Lord, I desire depth of relationship. Lord, I desire for that depth of relationship to be the fuel that gets me through today and beyond. Lord, I desire for all of this to create a new song in my heart so that my playlist starts sounding different. There's a rock band by the name of U2. Uh, most of you would know them. They have a song called 440. Um, I'd say that they wrote the song, but they didn't write the song. They just wrote the music to the song. Um, the, the, the words of the song come straight out of the book of, of Proverbs, uh, Psalms, sorry. Straight out of the book of Psalms, Psalm 40. And you'll know the song. I've waited patiently for the Lord. He inclines and heard my cry. He lifted me up out of the pit, out of the miry clay. And I will sing, I'll sing a new song. The lyrics are actually up there uh, in their more comprehensive form, which it says, I waited patiently for the Lord to help me. And he turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the pit of despair, out of the mud and the mire. He set my feet on solid rock and steadied me as I walked along. He has given me a new song to sing, a hymn of praise to our God. I believe that the words here in Psalm 40 sum up exactly what we've said this morning. It speaks into intimacy. I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined, he, he, he lent in, he pressed in, he came down and he heard my cry. He engaged with me. Intimacy. He lifted me up out of the pit, out of the mire and the clay and he set my feet on solid rock. He's the one who lifts me up, gets me up in the morning and sustains me. And he's put a new song in my heart. He's changing my playlist. He's changing my playlist. You see, folks, our intimacy with God should be what fuels us that overflows through the soundtrack of our lives. This morning, I wonder, what's the playlist of your life? What's the playlist of your life? What are the songs that you've chosen? What are those heart conditions? When you engage with people, when you engage with God, what's the tune that, that is left hanging in the air? This morning, 
What is the fuel of your life? What sustains you? See, I, I, I can't help but just believe with all my heart that intimacy with God should be the drug that fuels my life. There's a musician years ago, 80s and 90s, by the name of Carmen. He had a song called Addicted to Jesus. What you addicted to? Your title? Your position? Your friends? Was it Jesus? I believe these others will come into line when we can really answer this one question. What is the depth of my relationship with Jesus? What is the depth of my relationship with Jesus? What does that intimacy look like? What's he creating in me? How badly do I look forward to just spending time with my heavenly father? Right now, we're going to have communion. You guys are welcome to come up. Right now, we're going to have communion. And, and, and as we have communion, this is a moment where we celebrate what, what, what Jesus did for us. We're celebrating the fact that he he broke through heaven and hell to come and be with us. He broke through heaven and hell to come and show us how badly he wants and desires and longs for relationship and intimacy with us. This morning, it's not about you standing up. It's not, it's not about... <laughs> it's not about any of those this morning as we as we get into communion this is a time for us to come and make right with God this is a time for us to, to set these things in place you may be sitting there thinking to yourself what qualifies you to have communion do I need to be a member of this church no you don't need to be a member of this church you need a personal relationship with Jesus. That's what qualifies you to engage in communion this morning. And maybe this morning, right there where you are, you're thinking to yourself, man, I don't have that. I don't think I can. Then I want to say this to you. Right now, I'm going to pray for you. And I'm going to ask that you repeat these words after me. Just right there in your seat. I'm going to pray for you because I believe with all my heart that if you've never really engaged with relationship with God, then this morning's your morning. Then right here, this is your moment. This is your time with God. If that's you, I'm not going to make a big show of it right there in your seat right now. Just repeat after me in your heart, just, just inside of yourself, however you want to do it, right there in your seat, Father God. I am so sorry for doing life my way. Forgive me of my sin. Lord, right now I recognize you. I recognize you as my Savior, that Jesus came and died for me. But I recognize you as Lord of my life. 
today I give over the controls. You take control of this life. This life is no longer mine, it's yours, Jesus. And we pray it all in Jesus' name. As for the rest of us, as we just look at this question, what's the depth of my relationship? Right there, as you've got your, your elements, we, 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 you do it in your own time. You do it in your own time. But just engage with your heavenly Father and just say, Lord, I desire for more. That joy that was spoken of, I don't really know about it when I've spent time with you. So Lord, please, I change the song in my heart. Give me a new song, Lord. Lord, I want to engage with you. I desire that depth of relationship, Lord. And you just do business with God right there in your seat. After a few minutes, we'll do a final song together and you'll be released to go. But right now, let's just forget about what's happening around us. Right now, this is that moment of, Lord, I want to come and connect with you. I desire relationship with you. Let's just take that time. Father God, I pray over your people, Lord. Lord, I pray over every person sitting in this auditorium, Lord. Lord, I thank you for your goodness to us, Lord. But Lord, more than that, I thank you for who you are. I thank you for the way that you love us, Lord. I thank you for the way that you desire to be with us, Lord. Lord, I thank you that you are a loving Heavenly Father, Lord, that you desire good things for your children, Lord. Lord, I thank you that we can come and engage with you and your heart for our lives. Lord, I thank you that we can find great fulfillment in those moments, Lord. Lord, and that you come and and, and create a new song in us. Lord, that we can sing daily of who you are. Lord, and that that song will be a melody that follows us around wherever we go. Lord, leaving people around us, humming a tune of your goodness and your greatness, Lord. Lord, we're blown away by who you are. These lives are yours, Lord. As we head into this week, Lord, may we engage with you daily, Lord, that you come and change us more and more into the likeness of your Son. Lord, that when we meet with people outside, Lord, that we can be an accurate representation of who you are. We commit ourselves to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We're going to end off with a song. Would you stand with us, join us? Hope you have a wonderful Sunday. Please don't run away afterwards. Got good fellowship, good visiting. And we'll see you next week.